Good morning. Good morning. Oh. Um, man, you stole my whole sermon, Mike. <laughs> um, officially, this is uh, the last I'll be pastoring here at Fremantle. Um, next week, it's straight into summer camp um, for, oh, what's it? Two and a bit weeks. Um, so yeah, straight into summer camp with us, Andrew Olson, working with him. Um, and, uh, you do have uh, Pastor Riggins and wife here today, and I wasn't expecting you to be here. I'm a bit nervous when a, another pastor comes and I'm going to preach in front of another pastor, <laughs> especially somebody who's got more experience than me and <laughs> um, has a better manicured beard than I do. And <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's good to have you here, or well, not all your family, uh, your other family uh, with um, uh, Jess and Ben. Uh, so Pastor works in the conference office as well. Uh, he's in, what role is he? Ministerial, and he's in uh, personal ministries department as well. Uh, so I get with Ben uh, in that in that fashion as well. Um, to be here on the last Sabbath of the year, 2022, into 2023 tomorrow. Big plans, big resolutions. Heard a big resolution. Oh, Troy, Troy, what's your big resolution? Be on time. Be on time. Okay, I'm assuming this isn't for work. This is more recreation time. This. <laughs> I thought just like if it was your work you'd be fired by now but I don't know how your job works <laughs> anyone big resolutions no no one no one share their resolutions <laughs> that's fair enough um, but yeah tonight 2023 comes in at 1201 um, and so that's exciting uh, or I don't know much like most year, it just ends up going the next year and you don't really notice it unless you go to the fire, things like that. But um, yeah, it's the end of the end of the end of an era, I guess, um, and into the next year. So, um, looking forward to that and seeing how God is going to bless Freeman 2023 period. Um, but before I get stuck into the sermon, just a word of prayer and, and, and I'll get into it. Dear Father, we just thank you so much for this Sabbath day, this, this day of we get to enjoy, especially at the end of a year, and we might back and reminisce over the year past and think uh, there's been highs, there's been lows, there's been uh, successes, failures, um, and, and it's all an experience, but as we look back, I pray that you'd got, just guide our, our minds, guide our your Holy Spirit to just recognize the times that you've been there all the time times that you've been through our life, blessing our guiding our life. Uh, and as we go into the new year tonight, Lord, I just pray that you keep that in our mind, that, that Lord, it is about you guiding us and you teaching us and you draw closer to you. And I pray that 2023 is a year that you will draw us closer to you, closer to your heart, Lord, and that, Lord, um, we, will, we will be blessed by a better understanding, a greater understanding of who you are as our God. Lord, what an appropriate thing to finish off 2022 with communion service, with a remembering of, of what you did in those final moments of, of your, your life here on earth, your, your, uh, the last supper, the, the torture, the, or the betrayal, the torture, the death, the burial, the resurrection, and then the ascension. Uh, what better moment to remember that. So Lord, we just pray that through today's service, you just guide us um, 
not just in a, in a sort of mental capacity, but in a heart capacity, that you, you guide us in our heart, that you change our hearts, Lord, to be more reflective of you. And so, Lord, I just pray all this for beautiful, blessed name, Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> One day, Jesus had a very task to do. And in a time that Jesus wasn't at his best... Has anyone ever sort of like a task to do, but I'm not feeling that 100%? Do you ever get that? And you're just like, oh, I'm just going to nut it out and go for it. I'm just going <laughs> to try my best. But I don't have 100 there. I don't have that reservoir of energy. But Jesus, in a similar circumstance, because he, he's coming to a time that he knows in, a, in, a, in roughly around 24 hours, but a bit longer, maybe a little bit shorter, he knows he's dead. And his spirit is heavy. And he knows what that entails. He knows about the betrayal. He knows about the torture. He knows about the people living. He knows. And his spirit is heavy. And 13 men made their way upstairs to the upper room where supper was to be served. And as Mike uh, shared in the, in the children's story, custom dictate before the meal took place, they would need to wash their feet. And usually there was somebody there to do that. Usually, uh, there was a, a, the task of feet cleaning was related to somebody or servant, if you will. And in, in fact, the lowest was to wash the feet. Because in Jewish culture, the feet, lowest part of the body, and so the furthest away from God, the head... Today, they have the same, the same sort of understanding. The head is the highest, the closest to God. And so the head is important, whereas the feet, less so. And the job was a very unpleasant one. Do you enjoy smelling sweaty, dirty feet? <laughs> it's a pretty obvious quiz, isn't it? Who, who's a blue-collar person? Or who's a labourer who works with big workman boots? Only a couple of people. Ah, oh, yep, there's a few people. Right, when you first buy workman's boots, they're like, they're tough, they're rugged, they look pristine, they're clean, you can even put your nose in them. Ah, new shoe smell. But as you work for a period of time, wear them for 40 to 50 to 60 hours a week, doing whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's building, whether it's like Troy's a fitter, um, I'm sure uh, you wear them not necessarily in the, in the labor capacity, but you still work up a period of sweat and a bit of disgustingness in those shoes. Does Chris allow you to have your shoes inside the house? <laughs> Beautiful feet, are they, Mike? <laughs> There was, a, there was a period of time before I became a teacher, before I became a minister, I worked as a labourer for three years, and I, and I remember at the start of, I first got my job as a labourer uh, to this builder, I was like, oh, I've been workman's boots, some steel caps, because I don't want to, my brother-in-law, Shory, where he sort of jumped off, like he's an electrician, and he jumped off this, and he landed, and he had this like uh, fat max spring tape. Um, so it's just a measuring tape, but it's a bigger one. And so it, it popped off his belt, and it fell, and it landed a big toe, and he, was, he wasn't wearing any shoes because he was in somebody else's house. 
and the big toe swelled up twice its size. He actually had to get a drill to drill through his nail to release it out of underneath the nail. I'm, sure, I'm sorry, I'm sharing a bit. <laughs> but but uh, I was like, oh, give me the story, and I was like, I better get some steel caps. And so like that never to me, because on a work site, you're going to drop stuff, and drop stuff is fully on your feet. And so you get some steel cap boots. And when I first got them, I'm like, these are amazing. These are comfortable. These are pristine. I was even allowed to leave them inside the house when I took them off, but very, very, like maybe, maybe a month, maybe two months. And then my parents were like, no, no, they stay outside the house now. And you take them off after a big long day and you just steam rises out of the boot. <laughs> and it's just not, it's not great. They start to smell, they start to be a bit disgusting. And every now and then you have to sort of hang them out, open them fully up and them out hanging up to dry um, all the sweat and disgusting, especially over summer. And you know God, God through Jesus Christ, his nose was close to somebody's feet. His nose wasn't far, far away from somebody's feet because he kneels down to wash his disciples' feet. Did you ever think your nose is located about as far away from your feet? Feet start to smell under normal circumstances. And like Mike said, I know everyone here has probably had a shower last night or tonight. You're feeling quite clean. You've got socks on, you've got clean shoes on, but not so in that other room. And I just want to really define the gravity of the situation. Imagine Jesus. This is Jesus, the creator of the universe, the king, of the, the king and the master, washing 24 feet, 12 pairs of feet. No was prepared to lower themselves to perform the down chore. In fact, they're thinking and focusing on the humility, but on the status. God, let, let, let's jockey for position. Let's jockey for, for next to Jesus. Who gets to sit closest to Jesus? Who's going to be at his right hand? Who's going to be, who's going to be in, in a seat of power? Jesus comes into his kingdom. And so Jesus gets up and he takes a towel, gets a basin, from the corner in the room, and he suddenly kneels down before the nearest disciples, and one by one, he takes their feet into his hands, and he begins to wash their feet one by one, removing any traces of dirt and filth. These are the hands that fashion the galaxies into existence, the universe into existence, are now cleansing away any filth or grit from these feet. Fingers that formed foundations, these fingers and hands first formed Adam out of the ground and into his nostrils the breath of life. These fingers are now drying feet and drying toes. And after gently drying foot, those same hands that would nail holes through them replaced each each sandal and tied the straps back on. Those that would have soon uh, been black and blue from beating and from thirst smiled into each disciple's eyes as he finished the task of washing their feet. Those eyes would be closed due to death on the cross, eased into the depths of their hearts. And Jesus understood well in the few short hours all these four feet that were so wonderfully cleansed would desert him and would run away, flee for their lives, because any association with him 
wooden death too. Jesus was washing the of a bunch of deserters. And I imagine that Jesus came along to washing the feet of Judas, that he, he had some rare thoughts in his mind as he washes Judas' feet. He knew that those feet would soon hang lifeless free, yet he continued to wash. He washed his feet, knowing that Judas had had plans for him, was going to betray him. And I'll tell you today, this is still in the foot-washing business. He still wants to cleanse feet, but more importantly, he wins hearts. And today he kneels before you and I, physically, but through his Holy Spirit and through the emblems before us, he kneels before us, not to condemn us, but to wash us. That's what he wanted to do for the disciples. That's what he wanted to do for each of us today. And I don't know where you've been. I don't know where your feet have been, just like I don't know where your heart have been. But you've been out somewhere doing something that you ought not to do. And you need Jesus to wash you. Maybe you're like me and have a past where dirtiness and smelliness and disgustingness. And the good news is that it's Jesus' vocation to wash and to clean. And as Jesus looks into our face, he knows the secrets and the sin of our lives. All of our sins come up before him in their awful hideousness, smelliness, disgustingness. We might be tempted to think that he would just skip over us and go, oh, no, they're too, too disgusting, too filthy. That he might not wash feet because we're not worthy enough. But not Jesus. He kneels there and he asks, can I wash your feet? Can I wash you clean? He kneels there in the form of some other person through the emblems today to wash your feet and wash your sins away. He's nailed pins, cup the water of life to apply it to our filth, to apply it to our smelliness, and we're totally, totally cleansed through his washing. Jesus washes us knowing that in the future we might be deserters, that we might betray him. He knows us better than we know ourselves and he knows that we'll again and yet he believes in us. That if we, if we see enough of his eternal love for us, we'll respond and we will be changed. After the foot washing, Jesus challenges of disciples with these words in John chapter 13. In John chapter 13, verse 14, he challenges us with these words. He says that now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, so he's going, what you've seen me do, now that I've washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. You also should do what I've done. Later that weekend, perhaps it was the long hours after Sabbath day, uh, uh, sorry, Sabbath day, and I imagine that there were these 11 uh, hope men sitting around there just sort of staring at the ground because the, the guy that they'd been following for roughly around three, three and a half years was dead. And as they stared around, and I wonder if they ever happened to notice their feet, I think just a couple of days ago, my feet were getting washed by Jesus.
I think so. Did they remember how Jesus had washed their feet? Did they did they see that those feet were perhaps dirty again? Did they remember what Jesus had done? Did they, get, did they find this great truth dawning upon them that Jesus wanted Eve to understand? Even before he died, that they were forgiven. Even though their feet were dirty again, that they were forgiven. Even their feet were dirty after traveling, after getting into messiness, after dirty... They were forgiven, and even though they deserved they were forgiven. Jesus also says in John chapter 13, verse 7. Verse 7, he says, Jesus answered him and said to him, What, am I, doing, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. You don't realize what I'm doing now, but you'll understand later. And here's the awesome truth. Forgiveness continued even after his death. Their feet were clean even though they failed him, even though they deserted him. Jesus did not hold them guilty for, they, for, for the cross. It was not their responsibility to bear the guilt because he bared it on the cross and he had forgiven them ahead of him. What an awesome thing is, is that we have a God that has forgiveness available to each of us even before we see that what we did, what, what, what he did to the disciples, he does for us. They were forgiven even before they asked. And when they asked, they were already forgiven. Mercy had been extended before they could realize that they needed mercy. It's the same today. Before my sin, Jesus is there. Because you and I cannot keep our own feet clean. They're going to get dirty. Because life is dirty. But Jesus' forgiveness is there. That's the kind of God he is. We can't keep our feet clean because, because, because life is dirty. But Jesus forgives us and gives us power to be a little bit cleaner as with him. A little bit more like the image of God. A little bit more like Jesus each day. And that's our goal. My life is to be a little bit more like Jesus each day. And in the meantime, I know I'm forgiven. First John chapter 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all righteousness. All of our righteousness, all of our own righteousness is repulsive to him as my feet are today. And that day, and that day not only washed filthy feet, he washes filthy hearts. And today Jesus is standing before us to wash, not feet, but our hearts. And what sense he's going to use? He's going to use blood. He's going to use his broken body and his blood to wash the sin from our heart. And I just have to accept an awesome saviour we have. And we're going to participate in the audience, uh, sorry, the, in the communion, in the ordinance, that reminds us of how Jesus washed his disciples and how we ought to view the grime of life and the grime of our neighbors' lives and the dirtiness of their lives and how we ought to participate in the washing, uh, washing and extending Jesus' forgiveness to others because we have been forgiven. I'm going to pray. And the ladies are going to depart into, or if you want to, they can depart into the, what's it called, the room? 
It's just out these doors to the left, and you won't miss it. It's sort of straight ahead, just off to the right a little bit. I'm going to uh, go out here into the courtyard um, and meet. And then we're going to return here for the emblems. Let me pray. Dear Father in heaven, for washing the dirty feet of your disciples, Lord, of people that deserted you. And I pray today that you would wash not only our very hearts with your blood. Just dismiss us with a special blessing into this foot washing service. And as we wash each other's, Lord, we just pray that your Holy Spirit just has a special in our lives, in in, in this moment to just our hearts and bless us as, as we are reassured about your forgiveness us as we partake of the communion and in, in this in this bread bless us and we pr- bless us with an understanding of what you did all those years ago but also what you're doing right now what you're doing right now in our lives here in this moment that you're washing not just our feet, but our hearts, Lord. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.